Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, toasters, toastettes, whatever you want to call yourself. Today is a fantastic episode. I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's been a long time coming. Two of my great friends in recovery had the great privilege of meeting these guys last year. And I am the rookie of this crew. We got some senior guys here with a lot of knowledge. Um, one of them we've heard from before. My friend Todd is back to share his knowledge and have a great discussion. And another one is my friend Jamie, who I'm sure many of you have heard through his podcast, the After Gambling Podcast. So I'm really excited to have these two guys on here. Uh, we just got done with our Monday night meeting. Uh, and normally we sit around and we talk for 45 minutes to an hour about random stuff. So we decided to record a conversation because I feel like we we learn a lot from each other. And I'm really excited to have this conversation between the three of us, and hopefully we can help some people out with the lovely knowledge of my two friends here. Um, so first, I'd like to introduce you once again to my friend, Todd. Hey, Todd, how are you? How's it going, Steve? Jamie, good to be here tonight. Uh, Todd S., I'm a compulsive gambler. Last bet date, May 12, 2018. Uh, I'm 49 years old. I'm from New Jersey. I have three children, ages 20, 17, and 15. Uh, I was a sports gambler, just a little background from approximately age 16 through age 44 when I uh, came to the fellowship and decided and chose to walk out of the gym after a workout. And instead of going to my couch, and pouring a little bourbon on the rocks and putting all my sports bets in, which there probably would have been at least 10 to 15 of those per night. I opted to drive to a GA meeting. And that night was kind of the beginning of change for me. And I think change is one of the topics we were talking about earlier in our, in our uh, Zoom meeting. So I'm sure we'll we'll be hitting on that as well. Thank you very much, Todd. And welcome to this lovely podcast. Thank you, Jamie, for joining us. What's happening, Steve and Todd? Yeah, I'm Jamie S. Compulsive Gambler. Last time I gambled was July 15th of 2010. Some of you may have heard me on the show. I do the After Gambling Podcast. I haven't done a podcast in almost a year. So it's good that Steve drugged me back on. I've been kicking the idea of getting back involved. Um, but no, my background, I was a poker player when the World Series of Poker went on to ESPN and Chris Moneymaker, the accountant from Kentucky, every man's, the every man, every man of poker won. I was the 20-something-year-old kid that really got swept up in it, uh, was a competitive athlete, was not being competitive anymore, and got deep into poker and went deep, deep into debt and addiction with that as well, so... Um, that was spent most of my twenties gambling. And then since Todd shared his little story of mine, I will just tease it that my last day of gambling, uh, started or my last day ended with a pocket dial, a butt dial of sorts was what saved me and uh, got me on a better track. So you can check out that story. If you want, you can go over to after gambling and listen to a couple of the first episodes to hear that wonderful story. If you really want. Yeah, that was a great story. Um, we all have our interesting stories of how we, were either forced or chose to come into Gamblers Anonymous or any kind of recovery program. But yes, please, I'm sure anyone who listens to this has probably listened to Jamie's podcast. But if you haven't, that was the first podcast I found, first step into recovery that I took. So please go listen to the After Gambling podcast. I will link it in the show notes. So as many of you know, my name is Steve. Uh, my last data bet was 5221. And I was a daily fantasy sports gambler. Um, if you want to hear that story, uh, if you haven't listened, go back to the first few episodes. But tonight we are going to be talking about choice, change, and we're going to be going over a post or two from the problem gambling subreddit and kind of go from there. Three of us could probably talk for hours 
about problem gambling. I was going to say that's the plan, but the the likelihood that we stick to that plan <laughs> is I'm going to warn everybody. We'll we'll probably talk about that, but we will probably talk about a wide range of issues or topics because that's basically what we do, right, Tom? That's what we do. <laughs> yep. Got to have proper expectations at the start. So, so let's jump into the subreddit post and the problem gambling subreddit or the Reddit post in the sub gambling. I can't even speak right now. Here we go. Steve. All right. It's oh, late at night. It's, uh, it right. doesn't matter. That's why. And you don't have to edit all this stuff out. It's our conversation. No, I'm leaving so, it in, baby. That's it. Good. It's all staying. That's it. You got it. It's got to be true to how we actually do this at night. Uh, and I'm eating. So let's try this again from Reddit, the subreddit problem gambling. A, uh, a post kind of stuck out to me because I remember in my gambling days, I could rationalize anything. And I feel like this is what this guy or girl was talking about. He's, uh, his, the, po the, the name of this post is deposit bonuses. Why not? Um, so they say one of my websites is offering me a deposit of $1,000 to get $1,000 with one time playthrough. So essentially what a lot of these sites are doing now, like DraftKings and FanDuel or, or so, you know, they'll match your deposit. So you put a thousand dollars down, they'll give you a thousand dollars. They say it's a thousand dollars, but it's really a thousand dollars in free bets. So they're saying I'm a logical, smart guy and I have a gambling problem. That being said, I feel like I'm just leaving money on the table. If I don't take it statistically, the reward on this outweighs the risk. So my question to all of you is, is this still gambling? I could easily flip it and be done. And even if I lose, technically it's worth the risk. Like, is that the addiction talking or am I actually making sense here? Because when I say it out loud, I feel like it makes sense. But maybe I'm so deep in, I'm just not thinking correctly. So, Jamie, what do you think of that? So I think this is something that everybody, and this is a good topic to bring up because I mean, here I am in the great state of Ohio, just less than three months, actually this weekend. So sports betting goes live January 1. And as we're recording this, it's uh, October 3rd and October 1st on my Twitter feed, I actually posted on my Twitter feed. I scrolled through and there were, I think five or six offers from one of the sports bet, sports bet operators for the free bets, right? Like from either them or from an affiliate within 30 or 40 tweets. So like Ohio's starting to get inundated with all the ads and they are the, the matching bonuses. And to the, the person, I guess what I would say is yes, if this was a financial situation and all, if it was free of any emotion, then yeah, that would make sense. Then you should try to get all those things. But unfortunately, everything that I've learned about myself and other people with gambling is that it has nothing to do with the finances. Um, it's all about emotions in a lot of ways. And also I would just say like, where does that end? And for me, like, okay, like you get a hundred bucks. One, it's just pulling you back into those same old behaviors that you were in before. And I don't know about the person that posted track record, but I know about my track record. Whenever I would go in for just, well, just a hundred bucks this time, just 50 bucks this time, or okay. Like, Hey, you know what? I got an extra, I got this order that I wasn't expecting at work. And so I got an extra bonus or something like that. That usually, and by usually, I mean 100% of the time had me back in playing for as much as I was before or more within two or three days. Like it just wore off really quick. So I think that's the danger is like, I mean, that's, and I think that's one thing that we always look at gambling as like a financial problem. Um, but like GA literature always talks about like, no, it's an emotional problem. And it takes a lot to like figure out that, that it's, it's not about just the money itself. Like you can't separate those two. And I don't think you can. And so it's just, it's a very slippery slope. Um, so I understand. And that's, I'm always trying conscientious to like acknowledge that. Yeah. In our head, like the logical side of our minds, like if somebody's giving you a thousand dollars, you take it. But then the other side is to why would somebody give you a thousand dollars? I mean, there's actually like a do sales and uh, some, we were at a trade show a few years ago and a competitor was offering this like huge free equipment and all this other stuff. And I like jokingly said to the sales team, I'm like, well, I mean, like if you were walking down the street and somebody gave you a Rolex, like, wouldn't you think there's a catch? And everybody's like, yeah, I'm like, well, that's all you need to talk like to your customers. Like there's obviously a catch. They're paying for it somewhere. And so that's the other, I guess, thing. Man, I, I talk for a lot. I want to hear what Todd has to say because I don't normally talk this much on this one. Yeah, I, I was approaching it similar that as a compulsive uh, sports gambler, you could probably dangle any amount of money 
in front of me, whether it was uh, free $50, free $100, free $1,000, free $5,000. But when you're a compulsive gambler, you know, nothing worthwhile is coming at you for free. And it, it's not a financial thing. I mean, I, I can remember building up a very small amount. I want to talk money, but I built that amount up uh, probably about 20 to 50 times what I originally put in and I didn't collect a dollar of it. So that's when I knew it was not a financial kind of issue or, or problem I had. It is all about emotions. It's all about chasing the high. Um, it is infinite. I can speak for myself. I will never stop. So it doesn't matter how much free money you give me because I will not collect it. I want to deposit it into a, a savings account or a checking account. I will not make a sound decision fiscally with that money. I will just gamble and gamble and I might go on a winning streak and I might get up more, but I will give it all back and then I will go back and make more deposits and the madness will continue. So I guess it's about self-awareness. It's about knowing who you are. I know who I am. I surrendered to the fact that I cannot gamble sports like maybe a, a normal gambler, quote unquote. Uh, that's not how I do it. When I roll, I roll hard and I can't stop. So knowing that it doesn't matter how much money you dangle in front of me in terms of free money, because if I take that bait, that's just the addiction that is trying to draw me back in to get me back to my old life. And if I choose that, I lose everything worth anything in my life, which would mean family, friends, job, happiness, serenity, peace, you name it, everything that little by little I've got from not betting. When I was in action, I convinced myself that these are all the things I'm going to get from gambling. I didn't get any of them. So that, that's all part of, uh, you know, the promotions that are out there to lure individuals in. They want to make it look attractive. Uh, they want you to think you're getting something for free. All you're actually get, going to get is drawn back into the trap known as gambling. And once it gets you, it's going to be tough to get out of it once you go back on that path. Yeah, I agree with everything that, you know, both Todd and Jamie said here. Um, it kind of brings me back to what we were just talking about in our meeting um, where it's like, you know, th they could give me this extra thousand dollars to bet. Right. You know, they, they don't say that, you know, they'll say it in this, in this, in the, uh, in the small print or whatever, but uh, that it's actually a thousand dollars in free bets. It's not actually a thousand dollars that you can take and withdraw. You have to bet all of that. So, you know, in, in my days, you know, like in, in what we were just talking about, you know, I could win a thousand dollars. And for me, it wouldn't even matter if, uh, you know, I had won that thousand dollars or $10,000 or whatever it was. I was, to me, I was just going to end up losing all that. So, um, you know, my, my problem with this, I guess, would be that, you know, you're going to be drawing in a lot of people thinking they're going to get this free thousand dollars when in reality, it's just a potential way to pre, uh, create more problem gambling. And um, for myself, you know, like, like, like we were just talking about, it was this, uh, the, what was it? The price is right. Where the little, little yodeler was the going yodeler. Yeah. He'd go up to the top. He'd fall off. You know, it didn't matter what he got to, you know, as problem gamblers, we can never stop at that peak. There is no peak for us. We think we can convince ourselves that there is this peak. You know, I convinced myself many times that there was this peak. And, uh, you know, if I hit this certain amount of money, that that's where I would stop. That's where I would end it. Um, but Which, every time it doesn't make any sense, right? Like when we really break it down, because like if you are, if you're if you hit your number, that means you were successful, right? Like you were doing it right. So why would you quit? Yeah, you I don't. Mean, I... like you didn't. I didn't. Todd didn't. No, like nobody does. Like and that's that's like the the challenge with gambling is like when you're going up. 
it's like you feel like on that rocket ship and it's like why would i stop now i'm finally hot i finally have like everything going for me i'm picking the right picks or i'm playing the right cards i'm doing all those things and so you ride it ride it ride it well we tend to ride that all the way up as you say and then over the edge of the mountain and then you're back down to zero again and like so that that's that's where the insanity comes in but it's it's also rooted in just kind of who we are as humans like i'm sorry like if i go to a place and they have awesome ice cream i'm gonna want to go back and do it again like and that's we're gonna try and keep doing the same experiences and that's so with the free bets like you have to realize that like there's two ways this ends like you win and then what is the likelihood you're gonna quit and for all of the three of us i know what the likelihood was right like we didn't and if you're on the problem game we read it you probably aren't gonna quit either like that's just not how we're wired it's like okay we we're gonna use that to try and get a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and so I don't know. It's just, I think it's helpful to think of it in those terms, because once you see that there is, there are only two endings. One is you keep winning until you don't win. And the other one is you just lose it all right away. And then that was two bad endings. Yeah. I kind of look at it like it's a road that is just never ending. And if I win, like Jamie said, I'm on the emotional roller coaster. If I win, I'm chasing dopamine. I'm on a high, I'm invincible. I'm unstoppable. I'm just picking up momentum. I'm continuing. I want more. It tastes good. It feels good. Give me more. Give me more. If I lose, I'm dejected. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm pissed off. I start getting depressed and I chase. I'm not going out like that, right? Our ego, pride, all that's going to get in the way. I can win it back. You're going to start rationalizing. Uh, This is get, I remember get back uh, Monday night. Let's get back Monday night. I'm going to get it all back it's either way we're not stopping so we're either chasing our losses and then digging deeper or if we win and we're up we're continuing to want more and we're continuing to put more down and statistics and probability say the more volume that you put in and i used to put in a lot of a lot of volume of sports bets i was the uh the bookies uh dream i'm sure this guy is guaranteed to lose and give whatever he wins back because he's putting in anywhere from 10 to 15 bets a night and you're not going to win. And who even cares if I did win, because then I was just going to keep, keep going the road that never ends. It's just going to go on and on and on. So everything Jamie kind of was touching on there. It's it's the truth. You're not going to stop. Not when you're wired like we are. Yeah, I agree. So what I got from this post also is, is, is two things. He admits to being a problem gambler, or at least recognizing that there is something problematic with his gambling. And then he's also doing something that we all have done while in addiction is rationalizing. So to me, like he's just trying to rationalize a way to make it okay in his mind or the addiction is trying to make it okay in his mind to take this because it seems like free money to us it seems like you know well why wouldn't i take this free thousand dollars like you were saying like why wouldn't i take this but like you said jamie there's a catch to it and even if there you know may not be a catch on the site aside from the fact that we're going to continue betting the catch is we've now just refilled the bullets in our gun to continue gambling like it, it doesn't matter as a problematic compulsive gambler, it doesn't matter how much you win. All you're doing is just prolonging the amount of time you're betting, increasing the bet sizes. So like when I would win, I would just increase my bet size. And then when that would inevitably run out, when it would go over the mountain, now I'm I'm used to betting these larger amounts. So now I have to put more in. So now I'm, I'm depositing more, I'm chasing more. And that's when my losses became the worst is when I was you know, when I would have a winning streak, say I, I got this $3,000 and I, and I built it up to like Todd said, 10, 15, 20 times the amount. That's just what made it worse for me is just, you know, so with, with these deposit bonuses that I see on DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, all these apps, I just see it as, and I can't even fault the companies. That's just, they're a company trying to, to create profits and compete in, in, this industry that's that's here and is, is not going away but uh to me it just seems like a very dirty way to bring people in that may not have bet in the first place 
you know, that doesn't mean that it may not have come out in their life in another way. Whereas like I, like I've talked about on here, I was a heroin addict, a cocaine addict, a different, you know, if I didn't go into gambling, I, I may have done something else. Um, but I can say for sure that without Giraffe Kings and FanDuel around, I may, I probably wouldn't have gambled. So to me, these are, especially with how normalized gambling is right now, like I was just delivering at a, a stop before, um, my last stop before I came back and I came out, the TV screen was on, it was on ESPN and it's just another betting show. They're talking about, you know, is Sterling Shepard going to go over 57 and a half yards and how this is a, a great bet because when this quarterback's playing, he typically gets 70 or higher. And they're just saying like why you should make this bet. And between these deposit bonuses and these shows, just normalizing everything. I feel like we're just going to see a lot more problematic gambling. And, um, I don't know. I just think there needs to be more discussion like what we're doing here. So. Yeah. And I think that's the solution. I mean, obviously I saw with poker, right. You went from no poker on TV to every sports channel had a poker like show on at night. And so you're, you're, they're going to see those waves and like, I I don't see it too much. Maybe it's just because I work in advertising marketing. I just kind of see it all as about the same. It sucks. And that's because we've been down it. Like, I think we're especially attuned to like understanding it and seeing how it can impact people. And the sad thing is I, I don't know that like you need to have an informed customer that truly understands the risk. And I don't think that's, that's what we don't have. Like I, I, we have it with other things. Like when you go to fast food or you go and drink or smoke or whatever, like you sort of have a pretty good awareness of the potential downside for those activities. And we don't necessarily, so I think that is the important thing here with gambling is just having more discussion about the all parts of it. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, when people have asked me, like I've done interviews before, like I, I don't think it should be illegal. I think it should be available to the people who can play it without a problem i just think there needs to be more discussion obviously like what we're doing here and i think there's been a good push towards talking about problem gambling um but i think there just to be like you said needs to be more of a discussion on where this can lead like where when you buy a pack of cigarettes it will say you know this can cause cancer when you buy alcohol this will impair your ability to drive you know we all know that heroin can lead to addiction or will lead to addiction um I, I see it moving in that direction, but, uh, you know, all I see on most of these ads are gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So like we've talked about before, I feel like there needs to be more of a discussion about how this can lead to addiction. This can cause to cause you to lose, you know, just all the problems that can come along with it, like just acknowledge it more as an addiction. And then when people are ready to choose to come out of that addiction, to look for help, there needs to be more options aside from just calling the 1-800-GAMBLER number and suggesting GA because especially like with sports betting, a lot of these people coming in are in their 20s and just with the shift in the way things are now, they may not be religious. They may not be so open to going to a program like GA. So it would be good for things like Reddit and podcasting to be offered as, as a way of help as more than just offering the 1-800-GAMBLER number. I do uh, remember speaking on as a sports better, probably around 2017, when I was kind of wrapping it up and getting closer to, you know, hitting that abstinence on it. The most that would be shown on TV would simply be just the over under, let's say, and the, and the point spread at the bottom of ESPN's crawl. That was it. There was, there was nothing else. Uh, to me, f still as an Eagles fan, and I still watch them, I watch the Phillies too sometimes. But what I can say is I was a sports fan before I started gambling as a young kid. I played sports, I liked sports. But then once I started gambling sports, I did rationalize my addiction by saying, Oh, I really like sports. You know, this is a sports thing. I really like sports. I know Jamie made me look at it in a different way on one of his podcasts. Well, if I really like sports so much, why don't I put a dollar on the game or just don't bet it at all. Just, uh, just watch it all the time. And that's that. And I couldn't do that. It had to be, you know, $20 at, at first when I was young. And then 
that became like Steve was talking about the progression of the amounts and that, that became too little, then 50, then a hundred by the end. I mean, it was like at least a couple hundred dollars was like the smallest bet and larger amounts than that, especially if I was chasing. And I feel like now when I turn on the Eagles game or I try to watch whether it's on ESPN, CBS, ABC, whatever, it's the amount, the inundation of gambling on all the sports, not just football. It doesn't matter what it is. Sports has kind of lost its essence of being pure competition. Uh, the integrity of the sport. You had all these major, you know, the commissioners and the league standing so strongly and adamantly against uh, gambling in the past. And of course, the treatment of Pete Rose, the former Philly. And now they're in bed, you know, they're all, all the leagues are in bed with them. So there's definite hypocrisy, double standard, call it what you want. And it is irresponsible at the levels of saturation, whether it's on the radio, I can't get away from it in terms of I turn the TV on, I listen to the radio, Philly sports radio. It pretty much is probably like 80% gambling sports gambling, maybe 15 to 20% actual media sports coverage of the of the game and the sport. So I feel for those individuals out there that are caught up in it, especially when you have props and live bets and you have 50 different bets, you know, per inning in a baseball game or in a football game, you could bet pretty much whatever you want. When I got out, it was pretty much you just had game bets kind of like the money line or the spread or an over under and that was about it uh, they they were just starting to introduce the live stuff but i i like steve's point that there should be more responsibility being taken more discussion as to what can happen if it goes south and it goes bad and opportunities for remedies should be offered just as well as all of the uh, methods and ways to try and draw people in are, are being put right in, in your face, billboards, radio ads, TV, internet, you name it, it's all over and it's right in your face. With the proliferation of gambling, with the proliferation of the ads, you know, it's, it's not going away. It's just here to, here to stay. And um, my hope is that one day, what we have in New York, you know, is, there's a lot of availability to seek help and seek, you know, recovery, you know, where when I first started to seek recovery, I called the 1-800-GAMBLER number, was connected to my council and was, you know, able to have our one-on-one -on -one therapy paid for. They gave links to um, local GA meetings. And then through podcasting is where I was able to find, you know, our online communities like this. So my hope is that there will be more availability for help throughout the country you know where i feel like i've talked to people where in certain states there's there are no help there is no help there's no councils i mean there is the availability to to find our groups like we have here online my hope is that there will be a nationwide availability for help like there is in new york state so when someone wants to make that change they've come to the end of their rope they finally want to make that choice to change you know we made we event you know in the beginning we made the choice to start betting on whatever it was it typically was fun for us at first then somewhere in there it, it went from a choice to play a choice to gamble a choice to have fun to no longer having that choice that compulsion feeling like you had to keep going had to keep betting like we were talking about in our meeting before i felt like at some point it changed from something fun for me where i loved building daily fantasy lineups uh, and fantasy lineups were came to a point where it was something I felt like I had to do. So, and eventually when my wife caught me, like we were talking about before, it was that push I needed to make that final choice to actually change. And it's been over 17 months now where I've been bet free. And I finally made that choice to change. And for me, that was choosing to find podcasts like Jamie's podcast, the After Gambling podcast, the first uh, bit of recovery I found. Um, and then going to my first GA meeting, 
and then one-on-one -on -one therapy and then a whole slew of different things. But I had to make that initial choice that I really wanted to stop gambling. Like I finally had enough. I wanted to make that change. And, um, you know, what was it for you guys? What was, what was it that finally drove you? What was that choice that you made where you finally came into recovery? My cell phone dialed up from my pocket and I got my ass caught. <laughs> I think I'm, it's, it's challenging because I mean, you try to quit. I quit for, I don't know, 11 or 12 months, kind of cold Turkey at one point, I had a decent amount of success at one point quitting. Um, but yeah, then back to it. Uh, and it does, it just it becomes daunting. You don't, you try on your own, but it doesn't seem like you can. And I was fortunate enough that I just kind of was put in a spot when it did come to light that I was pushed into talking about it with other people through a 12 step program, through going to one-on-one -on -one therapy, doing those things. And I just, I didn't have a choice anymore. And, and ultimately when you look back at it, like, obviously my way was awful. It was, it was a terrible way. If you did a, an analysis of how successful I was at quitting on my own, it was pretty awful. And so I was lucky to be pushed into new different ways. And that's really what kind of did it for me. And I think I was tired of feeling tired in a lot of ways. And so I was kind of more willing um, to do it. And some other things going on in my life that made me even more willing to to go at the time. But but yeah, I think that's that's the key. And so I don't know. And that's you're talking about podcasts. I'm excited. Like, I mean, you have a podcast. There's tons of other podcasts out there. When I first started, there were like one or two. And, and there are all these alternative ways like Reddit, or like uh, online chat forums. And, and I think we're only going to see that grow. I, I just think we're just going to build it ourselves, which is a good thing. Yeah, for me, I did stop for about seven years, kind of went cold turkey after being caught uh, by my now ex-wife. And that was more just... I wanted to, I still wanted to, so I certainly was not in a recovery mode whatsoever. I was in the gambler mindset. I still followed everything and wanted to, but I think for the sake of my kids and everything, I just tried my best to just not go back. And that lasted for about seven years. And then I, I did go back eventually. And you can't do it on sheer willpower if, if I've learned anything from you know, the different uh, tools I have in my toolkit of recovery, uh, it's definitely that willpower is not going to get me there. I tried it my way and it didn't work. But, you know, after all that going back, I kind of just got, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I lost a lot. And I remember I was going into the summer where I had no more paychecks coming in for a couple months. And I owed a lot to one of my friends who I was using, you know, him as, as a book. He had a book and I was just going through him and everything. But I got to a point where I couldn't pay my bills. I had amassed so much, you know, debt in through loans, credit cards, you name it, that I decided on my own. Nobody pushed me to go, but that's that's when I showed up in May of 18 to a GA meeting. And I just was sick of living such a shitty life for so long, knowing that it didn't have to be that way. I always would say that to myself, why is it like this? It doesn't have to be that way. So I decided at that point, I wanted to try something different. I wanted to change. And, you know, since then I haven't, relapsed I haven't looked back and I just approach him one day at a time and I do think that's pretty damn miraculous because this was a guy who went to bed thinking about his bets who woke up in the middle of the night at 3 or 4 a.m thinking about gambling woke up in the morning it was the first thought in my head so morning noon night you name it that's all I was consciously thinking of when I was just so immersed and in that dead fog of a sports gambler who was just, you know, compulsive and addictive in it. So the fact that I was able to, to get to that meeting and to make a new routine for myself, just like I tried to go on runs and streaks with sports gambling. I tried to make each, uh, 
each day free of the bet, kind of my new streak. And I uh, just took them one day at a time. And it's been working. And I'm, if it's working, I'm going to keep working it. So that's, that's about all I got to say on that. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. So also I'm on another topic, you know, kind of related to, you know, us making the choice to finally want to, to change. I'm the one with the shortest amount of time here was 17 months. You guys have got years in this, but, uh, this evening, you know, we had a, a young man join and, uh, he was only a few days in and you could hear the pain in his voice. And I see a lot of the same things on Reddit where people are saying day one or they've relapsed again after a certain amount of time and that despair that they're feeling at that moment. And I don't think they may they may not realize that they are helping us probably more than we were able to help them. When they come in, it kind of reminds us of where we were. And, you know, I think back to where I was in my first week where I didn't think... I just thought my life was over. I thought I was losing my marriage. I thought I lost my wife. I thought I lost my kids, even though we had decided to work through things. It was just very unstable. I felt like life was over. I'd lost all, you know, my wife had lost all trust in me. I felt like a horrible human being. I, I couldn't believe the stuff I had done. And now that it was all finally out there, you know, it was all shoved in my face. Like I, I had to address this now. I had to accept that this is, this is reality. I'm I'm grateful now that this has happened, but it's so hard to to see that when you're in those early days. So to the people that are posting on Reddit and to the the new guys coming in, you know, what advice would you give them? Because you know we've got several guys that are now in for five six months, and we've we've seen the change that they've had when they came in on their first meeting, the the way they felt, the way we felt when we came in, and how life can change, and that's. That's why I do this podcast. Not it's, I mean, yes, it helps me to talk about how I feel and how I felt, but my life is completely transformed since I began recovery. You know, I, I couldn't imagine 17 months ago that this is where I would be mentally, physically, and emotionally, where I feel better about myself than I ever have in my life. I'm in better physical shape than I've been in in my entire life. And emotionally and mentally, I, I'm just in the best place I've ever been. And you couldn't have told me that that's where I was going to be 17 months ago. So to the new guys coming in and to the guy, people on Reddit, you know, what kind of advice would you give to them? I can think back to one of my best friends growing up, his father, when we were about 16 and I first started the sports gambling and he, he knew we were sports gambling because we would always talk about it and everything. And he would say, rest his soul. You will never F and win gambling sports you a-holes and that's all he would say to us and I, I it still resonates with me more so now that I'm in recovery and I actually told my friend this the other day when we spoke but he was exactly right because what I would say to the any of these individuals on reddit who either think they may have a, uh, a gambling problem or you know if you're considering that and you're thinking you may, then you probably do. And I can speak for myself as a compulsive sports gambler that unless you have the ability to stop, that's the only way you win in gambling. So if you can put in a bet or two and then just collect and totally stop and walk away from it, it's kind of like uh, buying or selling a, a stock or an investment. Uh, you don't win or lose until you either buy or sell it. So unless you can stop, and if you can stop, great. My brother could, but he's not wired the way I have. He could put one bet in and not probably gamble for five, six years, and maybe just put a bet in on the Eagles, uh, let's say, to get to the Super Bowl or something. I can't do that. So for me, it's it's endless uh unless you know that you can just shut it down and stop and most of us can't there, there's it's not a winning prospect and like we talked about earlier it's truly not and it never, it was not about the money uh, when i went to my first in in person support group i thought i just had a financial problem i was disillusioned 
I wasn't seeing it for what it was. And little by little, the fog lifted and my eyes opened and I started to get some self-awareness and clarity. And then I realized and saw it for what it truly was. It was me coping, escaping, coping with different problems and issues I had throughout my life. It, you know, it was me looking for, you know, escapes and running from myself, but it all was emotional. And the money really wasn't the thing that mattered. So if you, you're thinking and you're on Reddit and you're thinking that, you know, this is a way I can make money. That's what I thought. That's what I convinced myself of. I can supplement my regular income doing this. And that was simply my compulsion and addiction speaking to me because I took out constant withdrawals and went and paid a physical bookie weekly. I rarely, if ever, got paid myself. And if I did get paid, as Steve said, I just used that to up my bet amounts. And eventually I put in such volume of sports bets, I gave it back. And then I continued chasing. And that went on for about 27 years before I was able to come to grips with what it really was. And, you know, Reddit's good. I saw a therapist and, and you know, one-on-one, -on -one, that helped me a lot. Of course, GA has been the main building block, whether it's uh, Zooms with, with Jamie that we do on Monday nights or it's my in-person meetings I go to. Uh, podcasts have helped me a lot. So I do a little bit of everything, but I do know that I cannot stop. Uh, I can't stop unless I just surrender to the powerlessness that I have over, over the bet. So your best, your best thing is to listen to the words of my friend's father back when I was a young fledgling 16 year old adolescent. You can't win gambling, you a-holes. Of course we didn't listen, but I, I'm listening now and I hope he sees that. I love that story. That's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing I would just encourage people to do is find people that have been successful. I mean, it's like if, I, if I'm trying to fix the plumbing in my house, which I know nothing about, I go on YouTube and I watch somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Walk me through step by step. Okay, first you get a screwdriver, then you do this, then you do that, then you do that. And they can teach me because they've actually done it before. And that's that's the beauty of like, whether it's 12 step or a podcast or Reddit group, there's tons of people floating around that know because they've been there. And I think that's that's the real value comes from you you the more that you hang around with people that have been down that road, you start to see, okay, hey, this is this is possible. And you try out those little things and then you start to see success. And then my one caveat, which is the big warning flag, is you are going to start feeling pretty good pretty quick. Like that's the nice thing. Like even after your first meeting or whatever, you start feeling a little bit better. And then you get a little bit better. And the one thing I always caution people is you got to push through that first little bit of feeling good because that's an easy point to just kind of peace out and say, okay, Hey, I've got this covered. And unfortunately that's why I think we see so many people that do really well and hit 30 days or do really good in 90 days and nine months for whatever reason, the nines like trip people up, like no other, like, I just see that number. And it's like, I think, and it makes sense because you get the 90 days, you get the nine months and you're like, all right, like you're far enough away from it that like it does you don't feel that pain like you're looking at your bank account and sure it still looks awful but like you're not like scrounging to get subway like i was um a subway sandwich like a five dollar sandwich and so you get that distance and so it's easy to stop doing the things that you were doing and maybe like not pay them as much credit as they were helping you and then all of a sudden kind of slip back into those those little bad thoughts but that's that's kind of the the best thing it's just like i say surround yourself with people that have done it before and that seems to work pretty well for a lot of people yeah i, I couldn't agree with that statement more I, I can you know i've talked about this in my previous episodes but you know I, like i said before i've been uh, addicted to different types of drugs and i went into narcotics anonymous around the age of 25 and it was around the same thing i stopped you know i think i made it about a year I remember going and getting my one-year keychain or chip, and uh, even before that, thinking that I got it. You know, I even though I'd been off and on, I'd been through programs, and 
and whatnot since I was, you know, 18 through 25. Once I hit that year, I thought I was fine. And I stopped going to meetings and I stopped doing what was working. And this time around, I'm 17 months in and I still do our weekly meeting. And I will always do this weekly meeting that we have. I will still listen to other podcasts. I will still do one-on-one therapy once a month, you know, and I just stay active in my recovery, you know, and it's, it's not just about the not gambling. It's really about learning. Why did I do these things? Why did I feel this way? Why did I feel like when I started gambling, when I started doing the daily fantasy, why did I feel like I needed that money? Why did I think that money was going to be the thing that was going to fix my problems? Like I told myself that if I had gained some certain, you know, some level of success or had had gotten some amount of money or won some amount of money and presented this to my wife that that was going to make me worth it. I just had learned in my life in the past that if I didn't offer something up or, you know, I just felt that eventually I wasn't good enough and that people would maybe leave me. So that was something I learned through therapy. You know, the money was just what I thought I needed. But what I've learned is the money doesn't matter. Like you were saying, Todd, it doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter how much money we win. We're going to lose it back. So another thing I see a lot with with some people posting on Reddit is that they're having a hard time dealing with the losses and and the money, or they think that money is going to fix everything. Like bringing it back to this this guy with the deposit bonuses, it's just he, he, he thinks that the money is going to, you know, it, it's it's silly to leave money on the table. So but what I've learned is that it, the, the money doesn't matter. The money was just the kind of like the heroin for, for me when I was a heroin addict. So uh, once I learned that it wasn't money, it wasn't drugs, it was what was in me that made me feel like I wasn't good enough, that made me feel like I wasn't worth it. That's when I was able to really do the real work in recovery. And uh, that's when I started learning a lot about myself. Like I do in our meetings all the time, I feel like I ramble and sometimes I don't know where the heck I'm going with these things. Yeah, the you know, like I said, the money, the, the money doesn't matter. I'd like to hear what, you know, if you guys have anything else you'd like to add to this or um, anything else you guys want to talk about tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in. The one topic we talked about earlier, which was powerlessness, and I think that's an interesting one and we can kind of touch on it a little bit, but. There is like when you're gamma, like there's this perceived level of powerlessness. And that's how I kind of describe my days of gambling. But then that's where like once you stop or you start getting with other people, that's where you get these tools that start to really drive you in the right direction. And I, I, I bring that up because I think that that feeling of failure of trying to quit really gets people down. And so going back to that whole day one, I think that's the thing that like kept me in the kind of down is like you keep feeling failure, failure, failure. And as long as you believe it, and that's what I think that's the other power of like getting around people that have been successful, because until you see somebody else do it, like you don't really know, and like in your head, you know, you can do it, but you just, until you see it, you don't have examples. Does that kind of ring true with you guys? Yeah, no, that, that definitely rings true with me. And I know with, with the sports gambling and, and when I finally decided that I seriously wanted to try and stop, it was about just arresting the bet. That was my focus, just abstinence, arresting the bet, stopping the habit, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, since I've been in recovery, I quickly realized that it's about so much more than just stopping the bet and arresting the bet. Because once I achieved that for a decent amount, let's say of months, I quickly realized I had a whole hell of a lot of time open and available. So it's like, what am I going to do to occupy this time? And that's where just all the tools of the support groups and therapy and Reddit and podcasts and you name it uh, for me came in and it's just kind of opens your eyes that, it's about changing who you are as a person. It's about character change. It go, it transcends just stopping your compulsion to bet whether you're Jamie with poker or you're me with sports or you're Steve, you know, with the daily fantasy, you start to just kind of the, the, the fog starts to slowly lift and you start to realize, well, there's a lot out there to do that I could be doing with my life. 
other than being a slave, you know, to the, for me, to, to the sports world and literally sitting on a couch for a whole day and night. And then in the end, always just depleting any finances that, that I had. And it's, it's just, uh, it, it's cathartic. It's eye-opening when you start to work recovery and you start to do things you never did before. I work a second job now on the side. I hustle, I golf. I never did that before. I really was never like a podcast guy. So it's just a lot of the things that I do now, I never did do. And I now realize that there's a lot of choices and a lot of things I could do with my time now that I no longer have to worry about stressing out over and trying to keep all my lies in, in order. And uh, what did I tell this person? And what did I tell that person? So it really does just kind of open up all kinds of opportunities uh, for for you once you're able to kind of go get away from it and, and work recovery. Yeah, and those things start to spiral just like, like, like in the, or kind of build up just like the gambling, right? But it's in a positive way. I mean, that's if, if somebody's listening, it's probably sounds daunting. Like Todd's doing this, he's doing that. Oh my gosh, I can't do all these things. Or Jamie's doing all these things or it seems to not like, but it started with one thing. And I think that's the key. And I think just like the gambling starts to kind of compound in a negative way, like the recovery starts to compound in a positive way. And you start doing more and more things because you enjoy it. You see that there's the benefit there. And so that's, that's why, I mean, it's really find one thing. I mean, if you post anonymously on Reddit for months and months, that's going to be a great thing. And then taking the next step, next step. But I think you got to see some reward for it. And that's why I encourage people just find something and get involved with that. Choose one thing and then and then push yourself outside of your comfort zone, but can just go deep into to one and you'll start to see success. And when you see success, then you're, you'll, you're more willing to try other things. But I just don't want people to feel overwhelmed by, we gave them a laundry list yeah, of well, things. For me, that was a trajectory of, you know, closing in on almost five years and all the, all those little things right. got added little by little. I first year I was just going to kind of in-person meetings and a therapy session here and there. And then little by little, as you get further and further away from the bed, you start to explore other healthier options for yourself. And, you know, that's when, all right, I started adding on podcasts and I kept the working out. I did that even when I was gambling and that was something good. So I kept that and there's no reason you can't keep some of the things that you used to do. Um, I think Jamie, I remember you saying, well, what did you do before you started gambling? Cause I wasn't gambling, you know, before I was 16 and yeah, I did. I like to play sports and be active and there's ways that you can go about, you know, doing all those kinds of things, but doing it in a healthier way. Yeah, I completely agree with what you both said. And piggybacking off what Todd was saying about working out, the, I kind of liken recovery from any addiction to uh, almost you know fitness training or getting yourself in shape. So for me, like Jamie was saying, it's like you don't have to do all these things on day one. You know, it's just make the right decision for that day. If the right decision for that day is just not going on this site or not going to the casino or not gambling, then that's all you do that day. You don't have to go to listen to a podcast. You don't have to go to one-on-one -on -one therapy. You don't have to go to a meeting. Just do what is working for you that day. So the way I equate that to health and fitness and working out is, you know, for the last year plus, I've really gotten back into my health and fitness. And some days I can't get to the gym. Some days I can't work out, but, you know, I make sure I make better food choices through that day. And you know, that may be something as simple as not having bread or not having a bag of chips with my lunch or preparing my lunches for the week on Sundays, you know, making my chicken and rice and vegetables as opposed to buying lunch and spending money, you know, so making that right choice for that day. And eventually that's that will compound over time. So a year plus ago, when I first started working out, I was 30 pounds heavier, you know, I had much less muscle. And just like for me, these past 17 months, my inward sign of recovery, of showing that these things have worked, all these small choices I made each day that have now 
led to a positive result where I feel better about myself. I'm living a good life. I'm living an honest life. It was the same thing for working out and health and fitness where I started working out only three days a week at home where I would just be doing push-ups and pull-ups. Uh, you know, I started trying to eat a bit healthier where I started off by just not eating sugars and sweets every day like I used to when I was gambling because that would be the only thing that made me feel good that day was stuffing my face with, you know, six donuts and, you know, filling my coffee with sugar and cream. Whereas now, you know, I progressively make better choices with my working out, you know, where I now go into work for, you know, four to five days a week and I work out and I work harder and I lift heavier weights and I change my workouts up. And the outward sign of that is a better looking physique. And that makes me feel better about myself. So to me, recovery and physical fitness has, has gone hand in hand. And to me, it it's almost the same thing, or at least for me, that's how it's worked out for me, where the recovery has, has uh, you know, the inward signs have shown through my recovery and through uh, all the positive changes I've made mentally and my physical changes is, has been through the good daily choices I've done every day by just eating that good meal or not eating that donut that a customer wants to give to me or going to work out at 3.30 in the morning when I don't want to get up. You know, I like it, like you guys know, you know, I got to start work tomorrow at 4.20 in the morning. It's 9.40 at night, but, uh, you know, I'll still go in a half an hour early to get that workout in. I may not want to get up, but I'm going to get up. And I'm going um, I'm to do it because it's that right choice. Even if I have a crappy workout, it's still better than not doing it. So even if you don't want to go to a meeting, just go to a meeting. You may hear something that you, you may help you or you may relate to. Or if you've got nothing to do for the next hour, listen to another podcast. Yeah, I know Jamie brought up that word uh, powerlessness and all the good things Steve just talked about, the, the good things that have come for me little by little over the weeks and months and years that uh, you know I've actively been in recovery None of it would be possible had I not had a piece of humble pie, if I didn't have the humility to accept the fact that I was powerless over controlling my ability to gamble sports like a normal, quote unquote, rational uh, type person who could just maybe put one bet in every once in a blue moon or once in a while. Is that even real? I know it is. I know some people do, but then I, I mean, let's be honest. Like that's, I appreciate it. You, you're trying, I mean, and that's, I just don't know. I mean, I know people that bet and I actually do know people that bet very small amounts. I've gotten to know them over the year. I don't think everybody's a problem gambler. I don't think that at all, but I think it's like, we're kidding ourselves. If we think that there's, there's just like a different mentality, like we're all human at the end of the day. And I think anybody on any type of, bad day um with a bad result which sometimes a bad result is a win like also ultimately like i mean i think a lot of people don't have problems gambling because they haven't really had a significant win and once you do that's if you com combine that with like a shitty day at work and you're like man that was a hell of a lot going better than going to work today like it's amazing and that's so i'm i, I don't know i just always push back on and i think that's the one thing that we talked about a little bit earlier was and it's just you want to educate people, but nobody thinks it's going to happen. Like, I didn't think this was going to happen to me. Neither of you guys thought it was going to happen to you. So it's like, I would, how do you I do would that? agree that so. the potential is there for anyone, no matter how disciplined you may have been in, you know, your life up to that point. I do think you could be put in, in a certain situation and forces beyond your control could take over and lead you to, you know, a road of uh, destruction and a path of suffering. I do think there are people out there who can gamble responsibly. I'm not one of them, obviously. But for me, none of the positives that we were referencing before in all of our lives, Jamie, over 12 years, me, I'm, you know, heading towards five and Steve, 17 months. None of it would be possible if I didn't admit that I don't have control over it, that I'm powerless to it. To me, that was the first step. And then the second building block was coming out and being transparent about it 
and telling people and being honest with it. And once I was able, no, no hiding anything, just get it all out there. And for me, I think that was kind of like the turning point was when I was able to talk about it first at amongst gamblers, you know, at a GA meeting, but then after that to my, you know, to my brothers, to my mother, you know, I got a comfort level with that. And that allowed me to go on, I think the, the journey that is growth and recovery, but I don't think any of the positives would be possible if you're not 100% transparent and you can't hide 1%. It can't be 99%, can't be 98%. It's got to be 100%. 100% is easy. So Jamie taught me that. That's the easy way to go. You go full force. It's kind of like a purge of sorts. And, you know, I took it one day at a time, but each day I got a little more comfortable with the fact that, all right, I'm not a bad person. I just made some bad choices and decisions and I got wrapped up in something and I can control making good choices and making my life better and improving it. Now that I don't have the compulsion, I can sit there and watch a sports game and I just kind of laugh at the inundation of everything and anything gambling. And I laugh at it and I know I'm winning by just staying away from any of that and just enjoying the game as a fan and just for the pure competition of sports. And to me, that they're the small victories, but none of that would be possible until you can look yourself in the mirror. It's the man in the mirror. You got to be honest with it. I'm not really answering anybody else other than myself. So if you can do that, then I think improvement and growth is your future. And one day at a time is how you do it. I definitely agree. Uh, I think you you got to be 100% honest about it, about everything. That was one one of the many mistakes I made when I came out of my drug addictions in my 20s. And a big mistake I made when my wife caught me the first time in 2018 is I downplayed everything. I tried to uh, lessen the impact and, and how much I was actually gambling or back in my 20s, how much I was actually using because I never wanted to be seen as an addict. I don't think I, you know, even wanted to admit to myself I was as bad of an addict as I was. So to me, like for this to really work, you have to be 100% honest with not just the people around you, but with yourself. Like you really have to be, at least for me, I, I had to be 100% honest. I had to really accept the fact that A, I had a problem gambling. I was addicted to this. I was addicted to other drugs but also learning that that's okay. Like it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you any less than because I thought for years I was less than because I was an addict, but you're not. I mean, if you're not a gambling addict, I mean, there's, there's thousands of people, hundreds of thousands with anxiety, depression. I mean, like we all have got something. So being honest about that and being honest with the people around you is, is how you, you got, you got to put it all out there because I wasn't honest with my wife. The first time I got caught, I tried to downplay it. And then it ended up coming back. But this time I've been 100% honest about everything. And I think that's just necessary to, to, to truly recover. Is Honesty is like one of the, the, the main things that we have, to, uh, we have to do when it comes to this. No, com- no complaints from me. No arguments here. And like Todd said, the first, the first time I heard that and you know, really took that in was you know, listening to your podcast. So. Well, I heard it from other people and that's just all this stuff. It's the same stuff going forward. And I will echo one thing, which is there's 7.9 billion people on this planet. Last I checked and there's 7.9 billion addicts that are struggling with something. We all have our things. Ours was gambling. That's, I don't know. It's not, it's not any more complicated than that. And that's, we all struggle with things. There's reason we reasons, whether it be environments or whatever else. But the good news is, especially us, the internet, like we got these places where we can go out and learn from people that have been down the path again. I agree. And I think that is a good place to uh, end on for this episode. We will definitely come back and do this again. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much, Todd, for coming on and, and doing this with me after our, our meeting, another great meeting. 10 people, that's the most we've had so far. At least I've seen it. W- 
it was fantastic. No, and I appreciate you both. It's it's wonderful having you both as friends and knowing that I can reach out to you at any time. So this is something I didn't have this solid friend group when I was gambling. It's nice to have. I had great friends. Don't get me wrong. I still am very close with, but we didn't have this type of relationship. We didn't talk about struggles and that type of stuff. So good times as always, gentlemen. I always learn from listening to both of you guys and uh, being in. Oh, aren't we the best? All so, of us. We're so sweet, all of us. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, seriously, I mean, like, think about it, like, just even just thinking about tonight, how the, uh, how open and vulnerable our conversations are, you know, we, we can't, I mean, it's hard to do that in, in life, you know, with the people around us. Sometimes it's even hard to open up to the people closest to us. So, you know, you can be vulnerable in these meetings. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to look at you any less, any differently. So if anyone's looking for, a meeting to join if someone needs help you know you're not sure where to reach out for help in your state please reach out to any one of us my email is is in the show notes jamie has his email and contact information and we'd be happy to direct you to get some help so thank you very much everyone for joining fantasy of reality the gpp and my two great buddies here i'll talk to you soon be good to yourselves keep coming back Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718-352-1671.